Hello, listeners. Welcome to the inner and outer reality, in reality and outside podcast. My name's Sean Penalber, as always. Uh, and with us today, we have Scott White. Scott White. Scott, uh, do you have a meaning of life, a personal meaning? Work. Life, work is life for me. I, I have to be working. If I'm not working, I'm not happy, and I, I'm quite miserable. What if you didn't have to work? If I didn't have to work, I'd probably, I probably, I'd probably try to become a writer. If yeah. I if I could support myself, I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, and I write my material as a stand-up comedian, but to be a legitimate writer. Uh, any genre. Nothing in particular. I probably. You know, maybe. I would just. Adventure. Maybe adventure works. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, have you ever written any like, skits or anything? Or I've written or? sketches before. I've written. I've, I've always written things in short chunks. I've written short sketches. And I've written short stories, and I've written my stand-up bits, which are short. Uh, but I, I, I want—I would like to take a stab at doing something uh, at length, a, a lengthy writing pro, uh, project. That's a go for it. Mm. Uh, I mean, it takes just like a page a day or less, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of writing a—I I don't know what I would call it. I, I call it a treatise. At the moment, but essentially, isn't that what Doctor Who gets in? A treatise? Yes. Oh, uh, a TARDIS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you watch Doctor Who? I have. No, that's the only thing I know about Doctor yeah. Who. That and he has a, a big ass scarf. I've seen up to the second season, and then they took it off Netflix, and I just never really followed up after <laughs> that. Uh, but essentially, like what I have been kind of doing. Uh, Kind of for the last, I would say, decade, but as far as writing it down, only the last two years or so, three years. Uh, essentially, my theory of what existence is, and it's something that I call funk. <laughs> and so what funk is, is essentially literally the anything and everything. And so every particle that we exist of is this greater funk. And so if my fist is existence, then whatever that is within is just funk. And okay. then that is within whatever greater... If we discover anything else, it's always just more funk. And so it's kind of all this connected theory of just existence. And uh, in that, I do propose that we are essentially uh, each other. And so that if enough time passes, because time is, so far as we know, uh, relative and theoretical. Mm -hmm. And so it is very likely that... Uh, judging how every instance every every second or every plank second of every moment is basically in a superposition of yes or no right mm -hmm. of Schrodinger's cat we don't know if uh, alive or dead if alive or dead but uh, when it comes to like us it's not a live or dead thing it's like will I move left will I move right will a raindrop hit me you know and so we're constantly in the superposition here's one thing I've learned about my life if I have a choice between A and B, and A is the correct choice, I will choose B 11 times out of 10. What's that? I I always make the wrong choice. And now, is that intentional or? It's unintentional. Okay. Just little things like, oh, I'm gonna take this road home, and then there's a, a car accident, or I'm gonna get in this line, and then I get behind somebody using Confederate pennies to pay. I always, I, I always seem to put myself in the wrong position when I have a choice, and, and, and I should say about small things, not about big things. When it comes about big things, I'll, I'm talking about like snap in the moment decisions. Yeah, I get, it's like, I get let's get in this line or this line. Let's get in this line. Wrong line. Let's take this road or this road. Let's take this road. Wrong road. Um, but it just always seems, it just... And I'm always trapped behind idiots. <laughs> I'm always behind idiots. 
I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny here. I always get stuck behind somebody that just gums up my life for five to ten minutes. And it's not, and it sounds petty, and I know it's not a lot of time, but if I just added up all the time that I got stuck behind somebody stupid, that's another three years on my life. Yeah. Uh, so in my theory of like funk or in other people's like what I've heard and what I've you know examined or what I've come across through communication uh, I would relate that to what I call the funk providing and so like uh, I always you, you'll often hear me say the funk provides and that's usually more so for moments where it's like wow you can really sense that this moment was kind of supposed to happen like wow uh, like have you ever been uh, thinking of someone and they and they called you out of the blue, or I, I know what you're talking. I have that with the TV shows. I'll think of a TV show, and it's not it's not like I'll I'm a rant. It's not a, like Mash. I watch Mash all. It, it's like I've I've only seen maybe three episodes of Miami Vice, and it's it's like, and I but I've seen. I've seen the same episode of Miami Vice like four times, <laughs> just by coincidence. Um, but but we talked about that before. Um, like we we uh, we did the podcast Have Love Will Travel, and there's a song on there called Poke Salad. And then just out of the blue, I just saw, I saw a sign for Hawaiian poke. Now even it's even though it's different, yeah, it's like poke. What what's the chance you're going to hear hear poke and see poke? that close together it's like the next day it, it, yeah yeah and i think these things happen to us almost daily yeah and that's where i'll say the funk provides and then where you're coming in on like uh saying that it's i made the wrong choice it's like you had these decisions and you're like i could go this way it's like no at the last second you're like no i'm gonna go the other way and then it causes an event to happen where it's just like oh I wish I had chosen well the other I try side. to fool the universe yeah which you can't do you can't do because it already it's like knows. I'm gonna go to A no I'm gonna go to B no <laughs> and it already knows it already knows and it already uh, has set you in those positions yeah and I think that it does that in a way to like again c- to continue to provide so it's like I can't you know I can't prove these things but like I would kind of argue that like when we're put in those situations, it's kind of like life slowing us down <laughs> and being like, you're meant, you're meant to kind of be stuck behind this stupid person, you know, driving. Because if you took that extra three seconds, like if, let's say that person wasn't there uh, and you're suddenly three seconds ahead in time and <laughs> relativity, you could get in a car accident. Like had that guy not been there or had that person not been there, you might not have run into that person at the <laughs> store that you haven't seen in five years, you know. And it's just like the way things. Well, that sounds together. awful to me as well. Running into people. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah. I get what you mean, but <laughs> any scenario of that. Yeah, if it gets too hot, we'll move the shade. Um. What do you what uh? Where do you see us going? Uh, what is your view on like culture and society and humans? humanity my view is we have smart people keeping stupid people alive yeah so we're never gonna i think we're where we're where we're going to get because there are literally stupid people in this world that that don't get it and we have smart people keeping them alive darwin would be rolling over in his grave about uh Darwinism. I was going to say the theory of relativity. <laughs> uh, natural selection. Yes. Natural selection. We've, we've, can, we, we've canceled natural selection. We're keeping people alive who should not be alive. And, and it's just... We live in a society where being smart is a, a liability. And that is just so terrible. Yeah, you're right. Because it's just like, you know something is wrong and so you bring it up. And then it suddenly that is the problem yeah. or the issue. Um, but also at the same time, it's like I, I have to devil's advocate for stupid people. I don't wish I, I don't wish I had to, but it's like they're also necessary because it's like without them, there would be kind of no. There'd be no NASCAR. Th- that, but there'd, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be there'd be no like 
what is the word I'm looking for? Not a, a test, but like when you're testing things, I can't remember what I'm thinking of, but essentially like we need them as test subjects in a way. <laughs> and I know that sounds bad and I don't mean it as like we but, need them in a laboratory, but like. But m- more people listen to stupid people than they listen to smart people. And that I think is a huge problem and I agree, I completely agree with. It's for some reason we don't trust smart people. Maybe it's the movies, maybe it's a television, it's always an evil genius. Um, but we don't trust smart people. But we trust we tr- we trust people who have no background on what they're talking about. Yeah, like uh, let's take all this COVID for example, and just like the divide of people. Like, there's so many anti-vaxxers right now mm-hmm. that are just like I can't believe in anything. And the people that they're listening to that are saying that are putting these messages also have the same education as them. To well, to here's agree. what I don't understand is. They're listening to like people like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, yeah. who have been vaccinated. They may not say they have, but they have, because they're smart. But <coughs> but their audience is dumb. And uh, it is so manipulative. It is, and I the one thing I don't understand. They're they're literally killing their audience, Fox News, by telling their these are their older people. And they're telling these old people not to get vaccinated. They're literally killing off the people who are watching their show. That is that is true. That is a, a fair point. Uh, and and they still trust them. Now, too. and don't get me wrong. There's crazy people on the left as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but it's, it, it is it really is insane to see these networks uh, doing American propaganda essentially. Yeah, and then. People fall for it. People die for it, and then their families are still just like all for it. They yeah, still they're they still gonna, support they, it. They never catch on. What 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 Fox News? I don't get is Fox News is big business. Pharmaceuticals is big business. The vaccine. It's like why? It's like they, these are big companies. Yeah, that's what Fox News is all about. Big companies and. Well, no, no I, actually, I take that back. They secretly support big companies, but they're telling their listeners not to support. Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a it's a juggling act. What I, that's making me think like maybe because they're trying to do the vaccine for so cheaply, I guess, and they're still not, not in, in America. It's more expensive than other places, uh, but there's it's still not even available in other places. But I think that like. Had the vaccine been something that they could market, like, for a lot of money, maybe Fox News oh, would Fox have... Oh, Fox vac- News would have definitely been all over Yeah, I, I think... That's one of their talking points. If the vaccine really worked, it would be it would cost a million dollars. We don't want that, though. Like, no. we want to take care of each other. And Now, on the other hand, we're talking about the left. Th- then we have these left who are... It's all... If you think... Fox News wants Trump back in the White House, you are wrong. Because Fox News' brand is fear. With with big, bad, crazy, old man, senile Biden in the White House, they can promote fear. Yeah. If you think MSNBC and CNN uh, don't want Trump back into the White House, you are wrong. Because they are all anti-Trump all the time. And with Trump in the White House, that that is their brand. Just tearing down Trump. I hate it when they... We're so glad that Trump's not in the White House. Here's 20 stories on Trump. Yeah. To remind you that he's still around. For these people who don't... For the left who don't want Trump around, they sure do a lot of stories keeping him in keeping him in the headlines i completely agree because it's like as soon as trump got in the office and even a few years before that when trump was announcing to get in the office so many people's lifestyles just became i am all anti-trump which is like i I understand because of the things and the impact that he had and the negative and so yes i am also anti-trump but i'm talking about like all the time 100 24 7 anti-trump 
not really focusing on other things, just focusing on what Trump is doing wrong. And it's right. just like, I, 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 that, that was the leftist that uh, I disagreed with. Mm. The, that was just like, because I, yes, anti-Trump, yes, uh, that I agree, but for that to only be the thing that you talked about, and it also ruins some people's careers, because it's just like, I know... Uh, That's the only thing, like, it's anti-Trump, that was like the only thing CNN was talking about for the longest time, and... And still are. And still are. Still are. Um... So I talk about this with a lot of my guests in kind of a, a theory of essentially uh, futurism or human human futurism. But I propose that essentially like with uh, – and I, I still cannot remember what it's called again. Uh, the brain computer that Elon Musk has created. Uh, so essentially they have one in a pig – that the, and they're like reading all the pig's brain waves and everything, <laughs> but they also put one in a monkey, and the monkey was playing pong just with through his brain, uh-huh. just by like looking at the TV. Uh, and if we continue into these networks of like being able to understand the brain through a computer or vice versa, uh, I would hope that we would get to a point to where we could kind of be sitting or just existing anywhere, and we could just call each other, you know, through mm-hmm. our our brains. And when we get to that point we would be able to on a mental level be able to understand why we are making these decisions or actions and so i think that it would be so much easier to communicate with people like this that like for people who disagree to start to agree more because like you can understand where you're coming from well here's the deal most pe- if people aren't going to get the vaccine no people aren't going to get a chip in their brain <laughs> that is true if they think if they think the vaccine is evil you know if they you know because and to me the dumbest is they're putting they're putting chips in the vaccine to track us did you look that up on your phone yes that you carry all the time yeah that has a chip in that can track people can track you with it's like and it's not just your phone it's like almost any electrical device that you have on you is being tracked or used in some way uh to gather your data yeah uh so at work uh we just went through this like uh we had to get training uh because we're working on a call list in like canada and uh and now germany and so like these european countries uh have data protection rights and so it's like we can't even email a person without having absolute uh verification that it's them and that we're emailing them uh, because they have laws against that. And so it's just like uh, when we were going through this whole thing, I can't remember what it was called, but like it's insane to, to look at that like these countries have protection against our data being sold to other companies or being exposed or anything. And then here in the U.S., literally police are like just going on and buying through the back door all this data of like video face recognition and stuff and then they because they get into one case and they can like you know they're looking for this person but then they can't just buy that select thing so they buy all this data and they just own it and that's allowed here well i'm sure this has happened to you you've talked about something and then an ad will pop up on your phone it's to the point where i'll be thinking of something (laughs) and it'll pop up like i've never i haven't even mentioned it you know and there it is and it's just like uh I was talking with Chris Craig uh, okay. before COVID, and he was reading a book that was just like going, I- explaining exactly this phenomenon. And so, like, I'm sorry, can we can we move into the shade? Yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm sweating like a pig too. Yeah. And so, it goes into the point where like these algorithms are going to continue to get better and better until they know us more than we know ourselves. Right. Because they're computers, and they can be they can do that. This is much nicer. And uh, one thing he mentioned that was just like such a futuristic thought is essentially like we're already getting to the point where groceries and items can be delivered by drone. And so once these algorithms get to know us even more and more and more and more, 
basically like your grocery list will automatically just be delivered to you it's like oh you're out of toilet paper we already knew that so yeah. like there's toilet paper right there on your doorstep either you want it and you can accept it you hit like yes i'll buy it or you hit no and a drone will just come back and take yeah. it away you know it'll be nothing uh but it really is just like all that data is being used both for and against us so I would recommend uh, to everyone getting a, a VPN. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't do a lot of shopping online, so that doesn't really affect me yet. But yeah, but I'll be in a conversation. We were, uh, my niece, she went to Alaska for a job. So I was talking about Alaska, and then I was getting pop-up ads about Alaska on my phone. It's like, wow. So they... They, you know, the phone definitely hears that. So they don't. What I'm saying is, they don't need to inject chips into us. Yeah. To, to track us. And I don't know where that came from. Just fear, fear and yeah. propaganda and everything. Um. I think that, and, and again, this is just more fear mongering or propaganda. And I don't believe this, but like rather than a chip. If anything, there are, like, fungi or uh, things that could be injected into you that basically, like, can affect your, the way your body is, or your brain, essentially. Like, uh, let's say, like a type of worm or fungus that essentially... uh, Well, I could could believe that over a chip. Yeah. I I could believe that they're they're injecting stuff to, to, to mold our minds in a certain way. And I, I, that I can believe much more than a chip. And I think uh, it's just like the argument of fluoride. And I can't say how true this is, but they say that fluoride is essentially used as something that kind of dampens uh, mental abilities. And so uh, it kind of like... <laughs> let's go into, again, the theoretical realm of like, let's say humans can like project themselves you know, in, in a mm-hmm. higher degree... It is, people say it's possible that these chemicals or whatever that we eat in our everyday lives or the shots that we get are dampening the the spiritual realm from us, you know, from ever being reached. And that's the level of control that the wealth wants because if they want to keep the poor out of the spiritual realm or whatever. <laughs> but again, they don't want heaven cluttered up with the poor? Yeah, exactly. What do you think about, like, how do you think we would step out of all of this? How do you think we would reach better understanding of each other? I don't think we can. I I don't think we can. Really? I think we're too far apart. The sides are just too far apart. People are too unwilling to compromise. Yeah. I I don't think we can. I I, I think it might get a little bit better, but I don't think we would ever truly step out because somebody once said the answer to everything is is money so everybody being on the same page there's no money in that there's there totally could be but there's too much money now people aren't going to sacrifice the money that they're making now to possibly possibly. to possibly make money in the future there's too much money with republicans you know just two sides going against each other uh something that I've been postulating lately or thinking on is essentially like we're, we're kind of at a point and we always kind of have been of like as far as human species goes are we here to protect ourselves or to help other life like the life that like let's say for example, the life that we have here, like animals, insects, fish, all these species, is it our job to help them to live like us, or is it our job to essentially just let us thrive? And I think that divides a lot of people. I think that is kind of the divide of what we see. And well, then let's say, we'll put that into human talk. If there is somebody so brave 
that they sacrifice themselves for somebody else. That means we're, we're, we might be weeding out the brave and letting people who are not so brave survive. Yeah. So the brave people who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the good are dying out, and maybe the more selfish people who may, you, know, you, you sacrifice yourself for somebody who's not that brave and not that, you know, not looking out for others. So that person's going to thrive while the brave are dying out. Yeah. Uh, and so something that like feeds into all this is like if we were to ever get like alien contact or another species or like let's even say like another race like let's just say that somehow humans like another race happens I think that like as long as we treat them different you know like it's just like I think that's where we're at right now it's like there's still racism sexism classism all this divide and like if an alien species came down and we were just like nah uh, that is where that divide is and like now like suddenly there is no trust you know because it's just like no you're different we're different we don't want I don't mind aliens but I don't want one dating my sister you know what I mean <laughs> um, yeah stuff like that uh, you yeah. know like but we'll get there at some point I think we're more closer to uh, artificial intelligence than we are to alien species and I think that soon we are going to start seeing stuff like AI rights being discussed mm-hmm. and uh, again just like you said uh, having an AI date your sister you know I'm just all about just treat people the way you want to be treated just treat them treat them with respect and just all people and if somebody disrespects you then you know try to try to be the bigger person and let it be yeah turn the Um, other cheek but society teaches us otherwise you know and unless you're like a good moral unless you have stuff that's teaching you these good morals like almost every day uh the media uh, the movies we watch the movies especially if somebody disrespects you you (laughs) yeah you kill them you 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 beat them up or you kill them and like video games teach us that movies teach us that comic books teach us that they have some of these strong morals in there but again like it's not the most memorable part of it no and it's just like, how do you combat that? And it's so, it's such a, a almost impossible question. The nature and nurture of people. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I'm in a moment of just like being present right now. Of just like, I've driven by this spot so many times in my life especially like right there on 59 and then this bridge right here but had I ever expected I'd be sitting right here you know doing a podcast it, it really is just like I'll sit on that bridge there's a bridge right over here and I'll have my I'll have my phone and my earbuds on and I'll I'll, st- I'll just sit on that bridge and watch the cars go by underneath me it's legit no, but depending on what time of the day it is or watch the cars stand still on 59. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially this underpass. All the time yeah. gets blocked off. But this is nice. Um, and I'll shoot baskets over there. There's a basketball court. Right over here. Right next to the... We're doing this podcast right in front of a very nice ball field that has been maintained. Uh, how often is this used? You think? I, I, you know, I see kids here quite a bit. Uh, if there, if there's not a game, there'll be a dad and their kids out there just tossing the ball around. Got a backstop. It's really, really nice. Hmm. I don't like waking on stuff to say. <laughs> uh, what, what's on your mind? Like, what, what is, what is your mind saying right now? What is my mind saying yeah. right now? Um, it's nice to be on a podcast and be doing a podcast. Because now I don't have to edit this. All I have to do is talk. Yeah. When it's my podcast, I've got to edit it. I've got to enhance it. I've got to add stuff. I've got to add a beginning, an end, all that. I, all, I do, all I have to do here is talk and wait for it to come out and just promote it on my page. And it'll be out... Uh 
not this week, but next week. Um, what do you think about like? What is love to you? Love is work. At this point, which might not be the most healthiest thing. I love to work. I'm 52 and I'm single, and I haven't been in a long-term relationship in quite some time. So that may all be that all might all change if somebody enters the picture. Uh, but right now, to me, love and family and family and friends. Um, my dad is 95. He's going to be 96 this year. Wow. Actually, next month. In two months, we're in August, so he'll be he'll be 96 in two months. And I didn't have the best relationship with him growing up, but now that we're both older, it's much, much better. And now I just adore my father. And I just can't wait to see him every time I go up, go up north. So yeah, love is, love is family, love is friends, and love is work, to me. I kind of consider love to be the moments that we share between suffering. And I don't mean like, it's not always sharing with each other. It's sometimes just the moment you share with yourself or with life. But I think that like suffering as far as existence goes, like life, life is a gift with an existence. And then there's kind of like a penalty of that gift, which is suffering. Like suffering is always- Life is a gift with an asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. because the number one metaphor that I say, and I probably said it on every podcast, uh, this one, is essentially like an asteroid hitting a planet is not good or bad. It, it, there's no suffering in that unless there is life on that planet. Then for that life, it is suffering, you know. Uh, but without life, things just happen. Things just do. Things just are. And so, like, that's why I think that love is essentially those moments that we share between that where it's just like, wow this is good you know like I'm not suffering at this moment you know like uh, I can share this moment and be present and so I think it, it evolves more than like but to me love is fleeting because to me those moments don't last that long no yeah. they, they're very very short um, and I, I'm not I wouldn't say the suffering creeps back in but I guess reality creeps back in um and what I consider suffering and what somebody else considers suffering are two different things. Yeah. But, yeah, but my my love moments are usually quite short. Like during a show, my love moment is, even if it's a bad show, it's like, I, I guess I can't concentrate on anything else when I'm doing a show. All my All my attention is on that which is what some people give their spouse or their pet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who can divide their love. Because some people are just single-minded. Do you know Andy Huggins? Yeah. Andy Huggins is a fantastic stand-up comedian. Yeah, he's been doing it forever. He's been doing it forever. And it that's all he does. That's his life, stand-up. Um... But then we have people like uh, our friend Jordan McMillan, who is not only a fantastic comedian, but she's a fantastic businesswoman. Mm-hmm. She is a fantastic wife. She is a fantastic mother. I, she gets love out of all of those. Yeah. So she, her love has spread out where such as where Andy's love is in one place. And I'm not, I'm not comparing. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that's how people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all makes the world go round. Yep. Uh, man, yeah. Uh, Andy has definitely left that mark in Houston comedy as uh, he's like a legend. Andy is a Houston. I wish I wish he would be a legend across the country because uh, he deserves to be. Yeah. I guess traveling is just difficult. Traveling, for yeah, traveling is difficult for for Andy. Which I guess, like, that's so ageist of comedy to make it so... That, that, but, I mean, it's not... Well, that's just the world. Of, you it, have to travel for comedy. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. Andy, Andy's doing well here in Houston. But... But if you want to be, like, nationwide known... Yeah, you got to travel. You got to travel. Though he was on a... America's Got Talent. Yeah. 
Are you going to audition for that? Uh, no. Never? I auditioned for the first season of Last Comic Standing. Really? Yeah. Way back then. The very, very first season before anybody knew what it was. I think I was probably in high school for that. And I made it to the like the final round here in Houston and I didn't get picked. Whoa! That sucks, but that's also but, cool. R- but I will say this. Right from the beginning there was something fishy. Because they were auditioning us. And... But then we heard like, well, there's going to be this woman coming in from Austin, and she's automatically going to make this. She's just going to, quote unquote, pretend to audition. They were filming it, so she's going to pretend to audition, but she's already moving. We've already decided. So, right from the beginning, you knew that it wasn't completely on the up and up. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they were probably getting all the people who had. They were like, oh, we need more. Uh, well, it was American Idol kind of stuff. We need more. We need less white men. Is basically what uh, it was. Um, which is uh, a lot that's a lot of that's that's going around a lot we need less white men yes because I once did a I once did a showcase it was like people from the industry and it's that's a, that's just always a generic term the industry people from the industry are here and they had like it was a showcase that had like four it, we needed like 12 people and there were four women so they needed men to round... They, they could only get four women. And they basically told us, it's like, you don't really need to bother. They're here to see the women. But we didn't have enough women to do a showcase, so we're putting you on this showcase. But it doesn't matter because they're not interested in you. So. White man problems. Well, it is white man <laughs> problems. However, when that's how you make your living, that becomes a problem. Yeah. When you're not allowed to make a living, not it's not not allowed. That Just way. because of who you are, uh, and I mean I can't argue against all white men being in charge for all these years. I came in at the wrong time. <laughs> I am curious to see how that plays out over the next few years. But there are definitely people. There are people, and I'm sure this is all in in all aspects of life but there are people in comedy where for some reason they have been anointed as funny it's like if you don't like this comic there's something wrong with you you're sexist you're racist you're this you're that and these in my opinion a lot of these people are not funny but they've been anointed so if you don't like them you're the problem uh I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I've seen that, and then I've also seen those same people be gatekeepers, to where essentially it's like now that they're on top, uh, it's like hey, you're, you're a new comic, and you're gonna be like, hey, can I get on a show? And they're like, oh no, no, you know they they keep the gate. They're like, no, no thanks, just keep doing, uh, <laughs> keep going open mics. Maybe maybe I'll see you on a show. Yeah. Because there are a few comics out. I don't know how. I don't know who who bopped them on the head and said. You're you're gonna be in, you're gonna you're not gonna be funny, but you're gonna make it because for some reason it's gonna be it's like you don't like so and so, you you're a pig. It's and I'm not gonna mention any names because I don't want to get any yeah. emails. Comedy politics. Yeah, it is comedy politics. But it's like yeah, if you don't like, and, I, and I'm sure it's actors and singers. It's 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 all over. I'm sure it's in all all aspects of of life, not just entertainment. That's a kind of why I got out of theater because it's like I, I went to college for it for a bit and I just saw the underworld of just like that of just like it really didn't matter how talented you were like there were some of the most talented people you could know auditioning and it was always the person who like had that connection or like knew the person you know that like got in there was an there's an episode of uh, used to be Tales from the Crypt that was on HBO it was an episode that starred John Lovitz of all people, and he was he was an actor, and in the in the series he was a good actor, but he wasn't getting any parts because he looked like John Lovitz, <laughs> and and this other actor who was better looking was getting better roles, and and John Lovitz was convinced, it's like my acting ability will help me get these roles and 
this other actor, this good-looking actor, goes, I'll prove it to you. I'll audition for Shakespeare. I've never done a Shakespearean play in my... And he got the part. And John Lovitz went on to, to murder him. <laughs> and actually, the part that he got was Yorick. So, it was the skull. So, basically, the people putting on the play were crazy. They killed John Lovitz and used his skull in, 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 in Hamlet as Yorick. Uh, but that's it. <sighs> Politics and connections. You gotta have it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll admit, I've, uh, I have some connections that have helped me get work, but it's based on, but but they have no problem recommending me because they know that what I do and that I deliver. You've worked up to it. I've 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 worked to the point where I'd like to think that I have a pretty good reputation in comedy, where I'm funny and I'm and I'm very easy to deal with. I got one of the best compliments either. Once. Uh, but one of the best compliments ever when uh, a club owner says I know when you're here I don't have to worry about anything because I know you're not gonna I know you're not gonna come in drunk and try to fuck the weight stuff and that was one of the best compliments it's like you're, he's, he's basically saying you're gonna come here you're gonna do your job you're gonna do it well I don't have to worry about you off stage or not showing up uh, what is your personal experience with the comedy scene and drugs and alcohol they're not what they used to be it used to be when I first started comedy it used to everybody wanted to be like the bad boy comic they wanted to smoke and drink mm -hmm. and they would go up on stage you know I'm a comic and I'm a rebel comic they wanted to be Sam Kennison the, the party animal off stage when I first started comedy uh, a cheat and it, it's a cheat night would be where a married comic would cheat on his wife with a groupie or a fan. Now cheat night is oh I get to eat KFC because my wife won't let me eat this at home. So there's been a there's been a huge shift in comedy. Uh, the I think the bad boy, the drunk comic, the 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 pain in the ass comic is sort of gone the way of the dodo. No one wants to work with them. Nobody wants to work with them. Yeah. Unless they're super, super talented and bringing a super, super amount of money. But that only lasts for so long as two. Yeah. When, uh, when I was getting into... In 2012, when I was getting into stand-up and improv, uh, I kind of like... I was doing both. I was going to open mics, and then I was also, you know, like, trying to get on stage for improv. But it's just the whole, like... Every... All, all the open mics are at bars. And so everyone's drinking or doing some sort of drug. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was sober. Yeah. And so it's just like, I didn't want to be around this crowd. Mm -hmm. And so improv was just where it was at. And so I would go there and everyone's... Improv has a much better... Uh, there's sort of a... There's sort of a depression surrounded by stand-up. A lot of stand-up comics... Are, are 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 miserable people, yeah, and I, I don't yeah, mean I the fact mean. that they're bad people. It's just that they don't; they're just miserable in their own lives. <laughs> improv, it's just the opposite. Most of the people in improv are up or happy and peppy. Um, you, I, I, I notice that whenever I work with comic now, and once again, I think it's coming along. I think, I think comedians are are getting a little more and more cheerful now than they were, but for a lot of time, it was a lot of depressing. Cynical talk, cynical. That's the word yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah. A lot, there's stand-ups are a lot more cynical than improvisers. That is totally true, and I, I, I had always known that, but putting that into words, that like that's hitting the nail on the head. Um, and also just the community, improv yeah. community is like a cult, whereas like the stand-up community is kind of like your high school brethren. Well, I will say this. Brethren. I will say this about the stand-up community during COVID and after. Well, not after COVID, but when clubs, there was a lot of comics helping each other out. That's good. Uh, it was, and I, I saw that as well. Yes, there was a lot of comics help. You know, uh, a lot of comics did local gigs to help comics get shows while the clubs were closed. A lot of comics were recommending other comics for gigs. A lot of comics were bringing comics 
So, you know, right now and, and during the high point of COVID, a lot of comics stepped up and helped out a lot of other comics, yeah. which was really, really nice. I agree. <sighs> Sorry I'm blanking so much. I'm just kind of just in the moment. Well, it's going to storm here in a second, it looks like. I hope not. We're not too far from the current. I was really, uh, before COVID, I was really, really trying to get the communities of stand-up and improv more together. It's not going to happen. It's hard. It's difficult. Stand-ups hate improv. It seems like it. Stand-ups hate improv. I would, not all of them. Yeah, that right there. Not all of them. Not all of them, but for the majority of, uh, to, to be a bad, to, to, to sound totally stupid. Uh, improv is gay. That's that's the uh, that's how most people feel. That's how most stand-ups feel about improv. That's such a shame because like, it is such a shame. Improv, at its core, is about how to better listen and communicate. Yeah. And I think every stand-up could do that. You know, be better at improv has helped me with my crowd work a hundred percent. Yeah. And also being brave on stage. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, venturing off script every once in a while. But I was really because like. Being a part of the underground art scene for, I would say, like, ten years now, probably a decade, uh, I really saw Houston on the rise these last ten years, and I thought it was going to be, like, projected to be, like, you know, close to L.A. or New York, you know, or Chicago, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like, the audiences here aren't very supportive, uh, but what I really wanted to see was more... Uh, videographing I guess is the word but more stuff online or more stuff being recorded or like a network like I I could really see Houston benefiting from like a a Houston improv network not just improv but like a Houston comedy network to where you could essentially go online uh, and like watch people in whatever club that just has a camera up you know and just you know you pay a subscription and you can scroll through all these. Well, you would. Ha- I would think you would have to pay because a lot, a lot of comics don't want their material online because if, if somebody if somebody sees that, then they're not going to be surprised if they see it in the club. Plus, they're not making. If a comic was making money off of it, yes, a hundred percent. That's why I'm saying. Let it, them let put them and let the but let the comic decide if it goes online or not. There should be a subscription. A subscription and... And then only select shows go on. Only select shows. The comic needs to be in the loop about what's what what the material of theirs is going up. They, yeah, they can't... But as far as improv, I think every show should be recorded and put online. Well, that's true because you're not going to have the same improv show twice. And then also, a benefit of it is like if it did get popular enough, uh, like people are watching these webcams... You could do like a 24-hour webcam, and people would literally just like be the security, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because I see comedy clubs getting broken into all the time, and so if people were watching these live streams, <laughs> you instantly see someone breaking in, and everyone's watching. You're like, oh, la la, watching it live, and it's just more content, you know. Uh, but that's that's something I've never done. They had like these 24-hour or 48 improv. Uh, you know, challenge where they where a place will do improv for like 24 hours straight. It won't be the same people yeah. or 28 or 48 hours like a festival. straight. A festival. I've always wanted to do that. Like, I have this. Uh, I have some of these old comedy albums, and it's these old Vegas comics, and it's like uh, the front show. The front side one is the. 2 a.m. show, and then side two is the 5 a.m. show. It's like I'd love to do improv, or you know, I would. I'd like to go back to that yeah. if I could just do Vegas and just do a show, do a stand-up show at three in the morning, and just see who shows up and who does that. 
And it sounded from the album, it sounded like the place was packed, and that was you know that was old time Vegas. But that's also Vegas, yeah. That's something yeah. where nightlife, there's still going to be a bunch of people. Yeah, I, yeah. It would, it would have to be Vegas or some or some place known for being 24 hours. But yeah, I'd love to do improv at like four in the morning, being I, a little punchy. I also uh, so with my music, I have over 24 hours of music. So, mm-hmm. like, I've wanted to do a performance piece where it's basically, like, a 24-hour show. <laughs> and so, basically, the music is just at a location playing, and anyone can just come and go for <laughs> 24 hours. Right. Uh, I just need a venue. Uh, but I thought it would be a fun idea. Uh, but also doing that with comedy, that's something Station would do. I could see them yeah. doing that. Or... Uh, the closest would be Secret Group with their Come and Take It Festival. But I don't think they go all night. No. Well, that's about 51 minutes. 51 you got minutes. Anything, anything else to say? Or any last thoughts, words? Go out and support comedy. Yeah. Wherever you live. Uh, support live comedy. If you were speaking to someone... Ten years in the future, what would you, what would you tell them? About what? I don't know. What are you going to... T- anything, I guess. About ten years in the future? Yeah. Still support live comedy. <laughs> yeah, amen. The live comedy is going to be one of the last bastions left where uh, you can pretty much... Like, stand-up is pretty much the last place where you can say what you want. Yeah. Whether it be politically correct or or whatever, or unwoke or woke, um, stand-up is uh, pretty much, and it's some improv troops. I'm with Comedy Sports. We were clean. But, so I would just say, yes, do what you can to support the local talent because that will help your city. If the local talent is great, that's going to help your city grow. I, I completely agree. And that's why I wanted to see all the... Uh, that's why I wanted to make that network and just, like, blow it up and make it nationwide, not just here. Because mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Well, Scott, thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me. And everyone, thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>